0: So happy. I I'm thrilled and humbled uh to have my oldest son and I'm I'm proud of and Billy we are happy that you're here tonight. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for the sermons, your faithfulness to God today. I just want to pray for you before we before we let you preach. Father, yes you are, you're here. We don't have to beg you to come, you're here. And we're grateful. Thank you for so many just uh, basking in your presence tonight to worship. And I want to lift up my brother. Lord, my, my, my friend, my son. And uh, in the ministry of the Lord Jesus, you, Billy Beaver tonight, that's come to share the unrichables of your glory and your grace tonight. I don't see my son. I don't see any blood and flesh. I just see you high and lifted up in him tonight as he comes to this sacred desk to preach and open your sacred word in Jesus' name. And everybody here said, Amen. 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 Thank you, Billy. Love
1: you. you. Me, just a second. I'll turn these off so they don't make it. Man, it's been good to be with you guys. I, I want you to know that. Man, it's my dad told me. He said this is the freest church that he's ever been able to preach in. He said you can just preach there. He said you you, you know the people they'll let you preach, and uh, I, I find that to be true. You know, you you go as a pastor and you think, wow, is there is there churches? Is there people like this anymore? Well, I found some people (laughs) that are, that are like, uh, you know, I'm not hung up on, on, you know, the old way, but I want to tell you something, man, some of the things we need to get back to that again, and and America needs to get back to that, but that's another, another message for another time, but tonight I want to share with you, I want to bring to you tonight a message out of the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to go to the New Testament. We started this morning in uh, the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah chapter 40. Tonight we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And some of you are probably thinking, wow, this is, these, this is uh, scripture that we, we usually... Uh, we either recite or we read or we preach at a wedding or some kind of re- a vow renewal or something like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's that really nothing wrong with that. I've done that myself. But as you study these scriptures here more, you find out that's a lot, a lot, the, that what, what is being said by the Apostle Paul is much more... Uh, theologically deeper than we've ever imagined in our, our whole entire life because he's simply talking about love. Amen. Simply talking about love. And we're not talking about just, just regular love, like brotherly love. We can love each other as brothers and sisters, right? I can, I can love you as my sister or my brother or, or, or how, however it goes. But the love that Jesus has for us, that's agape love. That's a love that stands up above all others. That's a love that self-sacrifices, it, that gives himself for us. And so we can do the same thing. The Bible says, what is, what, how, what is greater than someone who gives their life for their brother? And Jesus did that for us. Jesus did that for us on the cross of Calvary. Well... Uh, I really, when I started off, man, we were, we were already had revival already, I believe with just, just, just being able to worship with you in song, but I was going to start off tonight by just quoting um, uh, chapter 13, verse 13, but just let me read that. That's not part of my text really tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to be looking at uh, verse four there in first Corinthians chapter 13, but I just want to read this uh, verse 13 to you. Now, these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But listen to what he says here. He says, but the greatest, the greatest of these is love. This morning, I hope that I helped you to prepare for revival. We're having a series of meetings this week. And so I wanted to go to the word of God and help you some way to begin to prepare yourself. As we talked about this morning, and I hope you, I hope you carry that throughout this week and beyond of what the Lord's going to do here through you here at Theresa Baptist Church here in Roxboro, North Carolina. But folks, I want us to now look at the word love and what, what I've already brought to you tonight and talked about already in, in the scriptures, real love and expanding this revival theme. All right. We're going to expand that tonight, and we're going to we're going to see what Paul, the Apostle Paul, has to say uh, about love. And so, if you'll go there to the scriptures with me, and and let's read that uh, scripture starting in verse four of the book of thir- uh the book of First Corinthians, chapter thirteen, verse four. He says, "Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Is not boastful. Is not conceited." does not act improperly, is not selfish, is not provoked, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And here's what, here's what caps it all off in verse, the first part of verse 8. Love never Ends. and your version of the scriptures may say love never fails. No, love, love wins. In other words, I've got some notes in my Bible that says Jesus never ends. We, Jesus wins, and and because he wins, we win. You see, we could preach a, a message right there just out of those three words: love never ends, love never fails. Now, if we're going to talk about love, we, we, we've got to talk about relationships. If we're going to talk about relationships, we've got to talk about love, and we've got to talk about biblical love. And what I want to do in the next few moments of time is I want to bring to you what the Bible and what Paul has to say about the building blocks of biblical love, the building blocks of biblical love. And uh, as I said this morning, I like, I like putting a... Uh, My sermons in a nutshell, I I like writing a statement that kind of puts it in a nutshell. And here's what I would like to leave with you uh, tonight when you go home. And I'll say it again, I hope, at the end of the service. But when our relationships, your relationship and my relationship, when we're right with God first, right? And then when we're right with each other, the church can be all it was intended to be. That's a mouthful right there, and that's powerful. Scripture tells us that. When our relationship is right with God and when it's right with others. Listen, what did Jesus tell um, his disciples? And he often t- told many people when they came to him. They said, man, what's the greatest commandment? Matter of fact, they were trying to catch Jesus in some things. And, and well, let's see what you're going to say here. And Jesus says, well, you know the commandments anyway, but he says, love God and love others, basically putting it in a nutshell, love God and love others. So that's what, that's what I want to talk to you tonight about. And I, I want us to look here in verse uh, chapter 13, in these verses that, that we've read, and I want us to look at a contrast of what Paul paints tonight. A contrast is like something versus something else. So we'll be doing that a lot tonight, all right? So we have this side Versus this side. And so we're going to look at biblical love. Biblical love. And then we're going to look at self-centered love. Biblical love versus self-centered love. Verses 4 there. Verse 4 in in chapter 13 says, love is patient. Love is kind. I, I bring to you tonight, first of all, out of that scripture there is that biblical love waits. It's patient. It waits, but self-centered love hurries. Biblical love waits, but self-centered love, that, that kind of love hurries. It hurries. When love's at its best, it waits and it is patient with someone. It's patient with other people and it doesn't just kick them to the curb. I tell you years ago uh, my wife and i you know i told you we had a uh, i have a construct- i had a construction business my wife has worked in the uh linoleum and carpet and wood uh, uh, business for forty years i well you're not you forty years but <laughs> 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 her mom and her mom and dad own a on a a uh, carpet company and uh so uh i've i've helped them do a lot of that too but um Billy, where was you going with this? Get with it. Get with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but my wife and I, as we were, we were busy at our jobs, we were busy at business, but yet we still wanted to be a part of the church. And so we were part of youth groups. We led youth. You know, we were youth leaders. We were worship leaders and, and all this before we went into the full-time ministry. And uh, I remember that there was a, a kind of like program or a, an idea or a concept that come along years ago that simply, and, and it's still around, I, I see it, but uh, some of you young people will know what I'm talking about. True love waits. True love waits. Why would I bring that up tonight? Now, let's don't, let's don't blame it on the, the, the boy or the guy all the time, right? Because it's not his fault all the time. I would say it's his fault a lot of the time for pushing because I'm a boy and I know how I was when I was young. I understand that. But true love, true love waits. You see, in that concept that was brought up, we were trying to help train our young people that, listen, you know, save yourself from marriage. Don't be pushed in to a, a relationship that, That there may be no way out of or relationships that are going to make you hold on to guilt the rest of your life. Make you feel less than because listen, folks, Satan's going to jump on your back on top of that. And he's going to just grind at it and say, you know what? Yeah, you you thought, you know, you're this goody goody and now you've messed up. So I'm going to hold to you right there. So that's dangerous, isn't it? But I remember this, this concept when it came out. True love waits. That's what we're talking about tonight. Biblical love, the kind of love that, that Paul's talking about, the kind of love that God is tonight. It waits and it doesn't get in a hurry. God doesn't get in a hurry. Have you noticed that? I believe that's what these scriptures are really saying, that God, God is going to allow us to grow and mature in his time not our time. But I tell you, isn't it hard to wait on God sometimes? Man, you want to get, you want to get to where you're going. You see down there and you say, God, I want us. I want that. But uh, I learned in Fruitland, one of my professors, I think it was my, uh, my theology professor, uh, Carlisle Sanford. Uh, he told us one, one time, he said that God, God sees the end from the beginning. And what we see, is, he said, it's like a train. You get up on a mountaintop, and you might see that train out west in Arizona or New Mexico or somewhere, and you see the end in the beginning, right? That's how God sees, sees our life. He sees life in general, the world. But what we see, we're down in the valley. We're down there right up against that train, and we can't see the end from the, from the beginning. But you see, God does, and He knows, he knows where we're at, and he's telling us, he's telling us, My love, my love doesn't get in a hurry. My love waits. Now, the second second thing that I would like to bring to you out of these uh, scriptures tonight, the second concept or idea, if you want to call it that, is that biblical love uses erasers. Biblical love uses erasers. Self-centered love uses permanent markers. I brought a permanent marker tonight. This is a Sharpie. I'm not going to write on the pulpit, okay, so you don't have to worry about that. I'm not going to write on anything else with that. But if I did, that Sharpie there, guaranteed, is going to put a mark. If I were to write on the walls tonight, it would be like putting graffiti up, wouldn't it? You would have to repaint. Biblical love, and it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking God's love is, is bigger than this, but that eraser on this pencil... That's what God says that biblical love is. In our our lives, in our relationships, we use erasers. We don't use permanent markers. Now, what preacher, what do you mean by that? Explain yourself a little bit. Well, I can explain myself a lot by looking at Jesus and what he did. Remember the religious folk that came to Jesus? And they brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And they brought her, brought the, the woman, and, and they just knew, they just knew that the rabbi, the rabbi was gonna that that the that Jesus was going to punish her and say, you know what, boy, that we're gonna catch him in a, we're gonna catch him in something else here. And they just knew, they just knew that Jesus would rebuke her and tear her down and 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 just you know probably just banish her. But what did Jesus do to the lady? Actually. Uh, there's a lot of things that he did in that process, but the Bible says he began, he just squatted down. He stooped down and he took something, whatever it was, a rock or whatever he took. And he drew a line in the sand and he said, ye without sin cast the first stone. Jesus was using eraser. You know how I know that? Because he said, lady, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. He wasn't saying, "Lady, that you're and you're not going to sin anymore." You see, we have to catch that. You walk with me, he says. You drink, and I'm getting in. I'm going to cross over here. You drink the water that I've got. If you go to the well, the woman at the well, right? You, you, or if you stay with me, if you, if you follow me. I'm not gonna use erasers. Does that mean does that mean that this lady, uh, just because Jesus said that one time that she she's good to go for the rest of her life, she's done Of course not. She's gonna to have to confess her sin. But what she's doing is Jesus is gonna reveal that in, in in the Holy Spirit. When Jesus ascended back into the heaven, what did, what did he say to his disciples? I'm sending you another comforter. Now, I want to tell you something. I'm, I'm going to run a little rabbit here, but it's something that I got a hold of the other day. That a, a a preacher, as I was hearing him preach, I thought, wow. You know, I've never seen it like that before. But Jesus said when he ascended, uh, was... was uh, uh, going to die on the cross, and when he uh, was going to ascend back into heaven, before he went, he was trying to prepare his disciples, and he said, I'm going to send you another comforter. What that means to me is that Jesus was a comforter right in the flesh, right? And who, what he's going to send him, he's going to send a replica of himself. Not another God, he was going to send a replica of himself. Another comforter. But this comforter, I can, I, I, Jesus said, ah, me in the flesh, I can only be one. You know, Jesus was God, and he could have done anything he wanted to. But while Jesus was on earth, his body, his body kind of limited him to some things. Now, listen, he could still do, he got away from people a lot of times when it shouldn't have happened for the people. But for, for him, it was possible to do that because the Bible says it wasn't his time yet. But he says, I'm going to send another comforter. So that lady that we're talking about, that, that's who's guiding that lady. That's who's guiding us tonight, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that, that's going to help us to not use sharpies, to, to use erasers in our in our, in our our relationships and the people that we're, we're talking with. Because if you're going to use a, a sharpie, here's the kind of things that you're going to say in a relationship. You're going to say, you hurt me so bad that I'm not going to ever forget that. I love you. I love you, right? And put quotes around that. I love you, but I'm never forgetting what you've done to me. So I'm keeping this, this handy. I'm not going to use this eraser because I want to bring it back out every time that you do something so I can bring it and put it back up in your face. That's what self-centered love. Woo! But what biblical love does, the Bible says that that biblical love is going to forget about it. Now you say, pastor, I can't forget about it. Exactly. Not in your flesh. But God, through Jesus Christ, working through His Holy Spirit, is going to help you to forget about it. It's it's going to to help you not to focus on that kind of stuff. Right? We're not going to to harp on it. Folks, I'm a believer that that there are too many people in this world that are living in this world under resentment and under under uh, unforgiveness and all other kind of things in their life. And if they just give up to God, Maybe you're one of those people tonight. Just give up that unforgiveness. Let it go. If you've been been, uh, walking this life and you've just been so downtrodden and there's some things in your life, listen, maybe it's not you tonight. Maybe it's your brother your sister. Maybe it's your daughter your son, your grandson, your granddaughter, and you see them hurting like that. Let them know not to use the permanent marker and let God use that eraser in their life doesn't the Bible you know I love preaching and, and let, letting God just fill you up with the scriptures he just starts pouring them out on you don't he amen, amen. that's exactly what he does and what the Lord does is amen. as he's filling us up and as he's talking you know I, I just thought as as using a, a sharpie a, a permanent marker and, and using an eraser tonight and how God erases he He erases our sin, and the Bible says that he places it as far as the east is from the west. Somebody said the other day, why didn't he say from the north to the south? And I don't know. This is something somebody said. They said, well, there's a south pole and a north pole. If you do it from the east to west, it's never ending. And I thought, that's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know if that's right or whatever. I mean, I know there's a north pole and a south pole. But nevertheless, God forgives. God uses erasers. But it's hard for us to get that sometimes. It's hard to get that in our minds, our human minds. And folks, we're never going to do that on our own. We have to have Jesus to do that. We can't, we can't walk like that without Jesus. So biblical love uses erasers. Self-centered love uses permanent markers. Another, another aspect of this biblical love is biblical love promotes others. And self-centered love promotes self. In In verse 4 there, he says... Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or it's not rude. It's not arrogant or it's not rude. Paul says in another place in Ephesians 4, 29, he says, only say what builds up and edifies the body of Christ, the brothers and sisters. And, you know, that kind of goes back to, you know, you hear people say sometimes, well, don't, if if it's not going to help, then don't say it. Well, that's kind of true, isn't it? I mean, you got to think about that before. Like if you're in a relationship, you got to, you got to come to a crossroad and say, is this going to destroy this person if I do this, if I say this? Because, folks, words matter. Hey, people used to tell me when I was young that sticks and stones may break my, my bones, but words will never hurt me. I want to tell you something. I've had some words that cut me to the core. I don't know about you words mean a lot. So we need to think about our words. We need, we need to think about the way that we say things. Another aspect of this is biblical love handles with care and self-centered love flies off the handle. What are we talking about here? We're talking about anger Anger. We when we fly off the handle for for no reason. I believe it's kind of tied back in to the one that I just talked about uh, before there that it promotes when we when we uh, promote ourselves, we fly off the handle because we get hurt, don't we? We get hurt in our our feelings and other things. Uh, my mom and dad know this, and you'll probably say Amen, and it's okay, Daddy, if you say Amen. But I used to wear my. Uh, my life or whatever you want to say, my, my emotions on my shoulder, didn't I? You know how I was when I was young. I, I would, anything, anything would hurt my little feelings. And I I would, I would, I would go around thinking, bless my heart. I was like, I was like, I was like a, a lot of the men in the, in the Bible, you know, thinking they'd go out and go under a tree somewhere and, oh God, I'm the last prophet. I'm the last prophet. And God said, no, you're not. I've got I've got hundreds more. Right. And God, God allowed me to understand that one day and I quit wearing my feelings on my shoulder. And I said, you know what? I've got to handle life with care, like biblical love says, and not fly off the handle. Some of us tonight here tonight, you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Because a lot of times, you know, on your job, you might fly off the handle. Just like that. And people know that. It's like, man, don't mess with that uh, guy. Don't mess with that girl. Because, whoo, man, they'll cut you a new one, right? They'll really come at you. Man, why don't we be known for more than that? Not flying off the handle, but being somebody they can come to. Folks, I'm talking to the people of God tonight that we should live like God says in his word. And man, if we lived like that, this world would be a whole lot better place. I could tell you it would. Folks, just a people like this. Tonight I was thinking in the prayer room, I walked in there just a little bit and heard them praying and I, I was able to pray with them just a little bit ago and I thought myself, man, God turned the world upside down with just that many people. Folks, what if what if we all live this way that, that I'm talking about tonight? Not what I said, but what Bob, the Bible says. You could not only turn Roxborough, North Carolina, upside down, you would turn the state of North Carolina upside down. You turn the United States and you turn the world upside down. People will say, "What in the world is going on in Roxborough? What's going on at Theresa Baptist Church? What's going on?" Well, another concept, and I'm I'm, I'm getting I'm getting this 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 tonight. I'm going to get to the end here. But biblical love opens up. Self-centered love covers up. Verse six says this: Love doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing. But with truth, (laughs) biblical love doesn't cover up. Biblical love stops covering up and tells the truth. You know and I know if you tell one little white lie, and you think it's a white lie, right? But what do you have to do? You have to tell another one to cover that up. I've been there and I've done that. And finally I got to a place, man, I, I, I told so many little white lies that I thought, oh my goodness, I, how, am I, how in the world am I going to get out of this? Now we're not talking, you know, when I say the biblical love opens up, it doesn't cover up. The first person that we've got to open up to is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And let him, like, folks, it goes back to us being right with God so we can be right with others. So we can be right with others. But I want to tell you, this is not easy. And it's going to take the Lord Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit working in us daily, moment by moment, moment by moment. Another aspect is that biblical love protects and self-centered love pollutes. Relationships are even polluted when we allow things to creep in. I talked about that this morning. Remember? When we allow things into our relationship that shouldn't be there. It starts polluting our relationship. I want to ask you this question. Are you and I, I'll I'll point these fingers back here. Are we protecting the people that are closest to us? Are you and I protecting, are we polluting the people that are closest to us? Or do we see people that are polluting other people? Because that happens a lot of times. But biblical love Paul says that it protects, self-centered love pollutes. And then finally, here in the closing, biblical love presses on, but self-centered love packs up and says, I'm out of here. In our culture today, we have made relationships disposable. Do you realize that? We've made them disposable. Our young people, I hurt for them, I really do because they've they've learned from a world culture the world view that that's out there nowadays that says if if you don't like it, move on to the next and move on to the next and move on to the next it doesn't matter what kind of relationship it is it it's disposable, you know I was thinking, Lisa. Uh, when we were at uh, when we were at home, we've we got to where we use, we use a lot of like what are they called? Uh, uh, well, they're disposable plates and stuff. But uh, I'm not going to do a commercial for them. Never mind. <laughs> but it's disposable plates and and disposable glasses and things like that. Why do we do that? Cause we're too lazy to wash the dishes. I mean, really? Now, now. <laughs> Now I know we use plates out here. That's okay. Y'all y'all I, We do the same thing. It I'm trying to make a point. I I was hoping it was a good uh, illustration. But but we use disposable plates a lot of times because we don't want to worry with it. But that's what we do with our relationships. It's like we use disposable things. They're, they're just disposable, so we just kick them to the curb. You know, we, it's like we've taken the trash out in our relationship because we don't want to have to deal with it. We don't want to have to clean up the mess, possibly, that's left behind afterwards. We just throw it in the trash and go on. We, we say things like, I don't have time to clean up that right now. I don't have time to deal with that anymore. It would just be easier to bag you up and put you out by the curb, right? And I know that, that I pray that there's no one in here that that's doing that, but I'm just telling you the reality of this world, the reality of this world that we live in, the culture that we live in, in this day and time, I want to talk about here just in the next few moments, I want to talk about something that that's going to bring us into into what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about this biblical love. Marriage is something that God intended to be perfect. And let me explain that. It's a picture of Christ and his church. It's a picture. Oh, it's a picture, a beautiful picture of God and us. That's what that's what marriage is. And you know, you can see a great example in marriage of, of that relationship, but a lot of times you can also see that relationship that's broken between us and God by looking at a broken marriage, right? Again, we talk about that we've made things disposable and we end up packing up instead of hanging in there and pressing on in our relationship, especially in marriage relationships. But many of you may know this man's name when I mention him tonight, B.B. Warfield. Many of you know him to be a uh, uh, theology professor at Princeton University for many, many years. I, I read a story one time about his life and about him and his wife. He met his wife, and I don't know whereabouts all this happened, but I I know the the gist of the story. But he he met his future wife. He married her, and somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, they took a honeymoon. They took a trip to Europe during that time. Now, let me stop right there and come back to his theology, being a theology professor, before I finish that being a, the- a theology professor at Princeton. It said that B.B. would go home and be with his wife at lunchtime every day. And a lot of times he wouldn't even be away from the university. This is what is a lot of people wrote about this man. And he seemed to love his wife ex- extra, extra, uh, more than, than you, you would think that anyone, anyone would love uh, their wife and, go, and actually go beyond. But he would spend so much time with his wife. He loved her very much. And so he would go home and he'd have lunch with her. They'd have great lunches together. They'd have a great time together. Now let's go back to where I'm ta- I was talking about where they were on their honeymoon and uh or around that time and they went to europe and uh while they were there something happened while they were there and uh his wife began to be mentally impaired and so she had some things in her life that just wasn't just wasn't kosher and and it just seemed to be going downhill for her measure back to where no one knew why that he would spend so much time with his wife, day after day after day. He wouldn't even go on vacations or anything else. Early on, early on, when that happened to his wife, and she became sick, and to the point of even toward when she uh, was almost to pass away, she become almost an invalid, from what I've read. But this man did not give up on his wife, even early in that time, he could have said, you know what? Hey, I just, I just married you. I just, you know, we we don't have a lot invested into each other and I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that the rest of my marriage life. I don't want to deal with that. But yet this man stood by his wife and he pressed on for the rest of her life. All the way he hung in there when he could have given up on her some of you, I talked to someone, I believe, out in the, the, uh, out, out there while we were eating a while ago. And I believe we were talking about um, someone I met. I, I, someone I was talking to about your husband. What was it that you I was talking to? And you hang in there, don't you? You just you hang in there. And I thought of you. I told you. I said, there's going to be something that's going to come out in the message tonight. That's what true love is all about. Amen. Amen. I know I'm mealy-mouthed I'm tonight and I, I even mess up, you know, some of my illustrations and other things. But, folks, I want to tell you something. Tr- true love, biblical love, genuine love, don't give up on somebody. That's right. yeah. It hangs in there. It hangs in there. But you can't do that on your own. You wonder where these people get their strength. I'll tell you where they get their strength. Their strength comes from the Lord. Amen. That's where their help comes from. That's Scripture right there. Their stri- their their help comes from the Lord. We we've got to as a children of children of God as a church we've got to hang in there. We've got to continue to protect, endure, persevere, and press on because love never ends. I. I I'll end with this on verse, in verse 8 where he says, love never ends. Again, he's talking about Jesus. He's talking about God. There's going to come a day when we're going to see God face to face. We're going to see our Savior face to face one of these days. Love never ends. So we still have that hope. The Bible says here in, in, in uh, verse 13, I, I talked about it at the very start of the service. I said, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. We have a hope that we're going to see Jesus Christ one of these days. But I don't see him right now. But I have a hope. I have an assurance I'm going to see him. And what he's telling me here is that love is going to carry us on. Love is going to carry us on through this. So I have to promote Jesus tonight. I have to promote Jesus tonight. It's Jesus that's going to carry us through. You may be here tonight and... Uh, Maybe there's somebody that needs a call from you that just needs a word from you that they need to hear you say, I'm not going to give up on you. I thought I was, I thought I was to the point that I just, I went, I went so far that I, you know what? I just can't do it anymore. I have people in my church that tell me that sometimes about their kids. And I'm thinking, wow, I don't know how they still deal with that young person that, you know, is so wayward And then they come back to me and say, Pastor, I couldn't give up on them. You may need to call somebody this week. You may need to go home. You may need to, don't don't drive and text or talk, but you may need to go to their house tonight, I don't know, and and get right with these people tonight. And say, you know what, I'm, I'm there for you. You may need to have coffee this week and sit down to a meal together, maybe this week with someone Maybe it's someone that, that, you know, maybe it's someone that just is an acquaintance of yours, maybe it's someone you work with, but they need to hear from you and they need to, to know that you're not going to let them go. They need to know, yes, that you're praying for them, but folks, I want to tell you prayer in action is really powerful. In other words, not just telling someone you're going to pray for them and even praying for them and saying, I'm going to pray for you. I I like to do that. If I I don't tell somebody normally, I don't say, well, I'll pray for you on that. I try to just take them aside right there and I'm going to pray for you right there. Man, because I might forget I'm human. I will forget when I go home. I'll be honest with you. But it goes a step further than that because we have to put that love into action and that love sometimes is not going to be comfortable. As I said this morning, it may be, it may mess us up, right? It may, it may mess our uh, our plans up and other things. But there's people that need to know that you are not going to give up on them, Roxborough, North Carolina. And, and listen, I know you're not. I'm just making this proclamation, okay? I'm trying to encourage you. Roxborough, North Carolina needs to know that Theresa Baptist is not ever give up on them. We're not going to give up on you, Roxborough. We're not going to give up on you, Person County. We're not going to give up on you, North Carolina. Would you bow your heads tonight? I'm going to ask the, the uh, accompaniments if they would come and maybe get ready to play us a song tonight. Maybe, maybe God has been speaking to you somehow that you need to talk to somebody. You need to go and maybe it's somebody you need to, 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 uh, have coffee with, like I said this week, but maybe first of all, you need to get things straightened out in your own life. I, I encourage you to, to use this altar tonight and come down here uh, tonight. Take one of us by the hand and we'll, we'll be happy to pray with you tonight. But don't let, don't let another day go by without getting these things right. But first of all, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to make things right with you and Jesus Christ. Because you're not going to ever be able to make things right with your brother until you make things right with the Savior. Would you stand with me tonight as we sing?